Now that you've met and fallen in love with Brian and Joe, it's time to unpack that baggage they talked about in the last episode. Whether it was Joe's backpack or Brian's four-piece set, his golf clubs, and his dead yak, everything they brought into their marriage needed God. Some of what is going to be talked about will not be suitable for children. They kept it as family-friendly as possible, but when talking about certain issues, I just ask you parents, please use wisdom and judge whether it's appropriate for your child. We're talking about the addiction today and for the next couple of weeks, something I think we don't talk about enough in Christian context. If 50% of the population deals with it, it affects us all. Satan wants us to keep quiet so he can keep people in bondage. But today, we're shining the light of God on the parasite in paradise. Hey, Primagers. I can't believe we're in season two. Last season, we heard some powerful testimonies and stories of how my guests discovered their own path to purpose. We learned of their challenges, triumphs, and lessons they learned along the way. This season, we're diving deeper. Brand new guests and some old friends with a brand new twist. Our mission is the same, to offer you a front row seat to stories that can help you change your life. Whether you're seeking a fresh perspective, in need of inspiration, or craving the motivation to steer your life toward a greater purpose, we're here to help. So as we kick off the new season, I encourage you to listen, learn, and if needed, change. Let the stories shared here transform your thinking and allow God to repurpose you for His purpose. Your life has a divine blueprint, and it's time to uncover it, live it, and inspire others to do the same. Season 2 starts now. Hey, Prime Majors, we are back at the dining room table of Joe and Brian. Thank y'all for sitting back down with oh, me thanks again. For thanks for coming us. back. And so if you hear cups clinking and slurping and fingers tapping, that's why. So um, <laughs> I'm drinking just, my tea. <laughs> right. We are just laid back, having fun, talking to, to friends. So let's recap just a little bit. When last we spoke, mm -hmm. you guys had just got engaged and uh, you'd flown all the way to Australia for this beautiful proposal that mm -hmm. I cried through, um, what, 10 years later. <laughs> and um, now you're home and you're engaged and leading up to the wedding. So tell me, tell me what those weeks and months were like. Mm -hmm. First of all, how long was the engagement? It's about a year. Yeah, a year. Ooh, yeah. That's a long time. We got married it was a long February nineteenth, two thousand eleven. Mm -hmm. And uh, let's see. When I got back to the United States, um, I basically had made a shift in my uh, plans a little bit. I mean, obviously, like I was engaged, and so, um, but but really, the shift like doubled down when, cause I basically my life was now tied to his in a much more significant way than just right. dating. Um, so we thought we were going to continue our graduate studies, um, probably Houston or something like that doing music. Um, and, um, we were invited to, uh, join, uh, the ministry team that was, uh, reaching out at Lamar university and working with college students. And we kind of were like, yeah, we'll give it a year. And a year turned into six years. And, um, uh, for me, the idea of like classical music and opera and all of that, um, I, I kind of realized that I 
didn't want to put in the work anymore. <laughs> I've been studying seriously for over 10 years and I was like, maybe this isn't it. Maybe this, this is all the distraction from what God really wants me to do, which is ministry, you know, mm-hmm. and, um, and being a wife. And that was interesting because um, in my life, so I didn't grow up with a father figure and um, I didn't really know, number one, what a, a home with a father figure was really like. And on top of that, I didn't know what a, a home with a, father, a Christian father figure or like a Christian couple should look like. Um, didn't really have that example. And uh, you want to share what it was like for you, babe, trying to figure out how to be a Christian married couple? Yeah, you know, it was challenging being the perfect Christian husband with this wife that was trying to figure everything out. And, uh, <laughs> oh, okay. All right. I'm just kidding. Don't Again, <laughs> don't try to back me up on this one. Um, yeah, no, totally joking. We we both came in with plenty of baggage and not a ton of great examples. We had some. I just know, had a carry on. I don't know what you're talking about. I had, I, <laughs> I had the backpack, the free backpack. I had the carry on. I had like $800 in luggage fees. <laughs> Extra bags and uh, golf clubs and guitars and a dead yak. Classic. We, I saw it from Brian Regan, but um, uh, yeah, no, we uh, we definitely had issues coming in. But um, there's a lot of sweet stuff too mm. in the early years. There's um, we're just figuring out life. It's it's fun. We, it's fun all your first together. When and, I think of like the good things, we had such a strong community around us that yeah. really was rooting for us. Like really rooting for they us. They really loved so us. Important. Yes. So important. Yeah. I mean, versus people going, I wonder how long this is going to last. Yeah. And it, yeah. okay. That's crazy too, though. Like so many people, when they found out that we were engaged, a lot of the older people in our area would say things like, oh, old ball and chain, huh? Mm-hmm. And I think people tend to think, I'm being humorous, but when I, I think words are powerful That's and it was very frustrating and I honestly would correct people and we, say, like, we were, we were kind no. of blown away at how typical that response became mm-hmm. from older married couples Yeah, was, Oh, the old ball and chain or, Oh, good luck. You know, it's like a real sarcastic kind of negative yeah. and, and again, I think people were trying to be funny, but we're like, that's not funny. No, like we are excited about this and we're hopeful for good things. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. There are challenges, but we, we, we got to the point, like she said, where we started like kind, kind of, of pushing back on kind it. Of I, think like, I think both yeah. of us really understood, like, this is like, we're not, yeah, we, bo- I'm teasing him, but we both really understood. Like we, we've got baggage. I knew his baggage. He knew my baggage. We didn't know yeah. the full extent of it, but we knew it. And we're like, this is going to take a miracle. Like, this is going to take a miracle. And so people being like, oh, ball and chain, like, oh, like, remember, happy wife, happy life. You know, I'm right. like, no, 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 no. Yeah. Like it with God, all things are possible. Like lay your burdens to, with the Lord. Like his, his exactly. burden is easy. His yoke is light. Like those are the phrases. Th- those are the kinds of like the statements that I was craving. Yeah. And, and we did have a good community for the most part that was giving those statements to us. And those are the people that we clung the closest to, which I think made all the difference 12 years later. Cause I think if we had let like this mentality of like, well, you know, this is going to suck eventually, you know, like honeymoon's going to fade, you know, you meet people and it's like, Oh, how long have you been married? Oh, um, you know, a year or two. 
oh, still the honeymoon phase. Yeah. Just wait. Just you know? wait till the honeymoon. And I'm over, like, yeah. like you don't know me. You don't know what I knew about him before we got married. Right. You don't know what he, yeah. what my past is. Like, anyways. So I would, I would yeah. encourage people, you know, to to take the opportunity if you have it to speak life over new marriages, new covenants that are coming together. You know, just just. Here's a, a free tip. Do do what you want with it. But um, but yeah, just try to speak lies, speak truth. I mean, be realistic. I mean, I'm realistic with people. I'm like, yeah, marriage is really tough sometimes, but yeah. it's totally worth the struggle. I was just talking to a student uh, before we started recording tonight. Um, so most of the classical music is, you know, about, well, and even common music is about love, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and the song is called... <laughs> Vocal nerds, you're going to love this. Uh, it's a really well-known one. Lots of high school students do it. I attempt from lovesickness. Um, and uh, the, the f- I'll just say a few of the lines. I attempt from lovesickness to fly since I in myself, my own fever and pain. You know, like basically like I'm trying to get away from being in love, but I can't help it. And like, this is terrible, you know. Right. So I'm trying to, I think my student's like 16, you know, and it's like you're singing in old English and I'm like, okay, do you understand what this song is talking about? She's like, no, not really. I'm like, okay, so let's make it in layman's terms. We translate it into common language. And then I was like, why would love be a sickness? Why, why do people describe it that way? You know, um, uh, think of the Britney Spears toxic, you know, don't you know that you're toxic? Right, you know? right. <laughs> like we have this idea of like, love is either butterflies and rainbows and fuzzy feelings, or it's, you know, it's heartache and, and pain and, and suffering. And I miss you and all this confusion and all this kind of stuff. And I'm like, have you ever heard about, you know, love is patient, love is kind. She's like, no. And I was like, okay. And I was like, Brian, where's that at again? He's like, first Corinthians 13. I'm like, yeah. Uh, so love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. And we had made a list, right? So in love on all the negative side, you've got the headache, the heartache, the, the fever, the, you know, angst and all of this on the positive, it's happy butterflies, lightheaded, um, swooning, you know, all of that. And I was like, yeah, (laughs) that's That's the nurse. You would say that you're like, what are your symptoms? (laughs) And, um, but like, like but then we listed out in first Corinthians Mm -hmm. agape love, you know, Mm -hmm. so you've got patience, Mm -hmm. kindness, goodness, gentleness, faith, you know, all on and on. Um, and I just listed this fruit of the spirit. Um, but anyways, and, um, but I said, do you see any emotions in this list? And she was like, no, and I said, that's right. Cause love is not an emotion. It can create an emotion, right. but the emotions are something that God gave us so that we would, as we feel those butterflies, you get attached to that person or that object. It could be an object, whatever situation, but you get attached to it, but it is the action of love that will actually carry you through. And love is being patient, preferring the other person above yourself to Mm. not be proud, to not keep a record of wrongs to on and on and on. Um, and that I think, you know, in, in unpacking that for even my 16 year old student today, it just reminded me of like, this is why I believe our marriage has lasted and why I feel like God is using us to talk about some hard things in marriage because we're, we're learning, we've chosen and we're learning how to keep choosing the action of love, um, 
even when we're not feeling it, especially when we're not feeling it. The butterflies, the the flu-like symptoms, they go away. They do. On Monday morning when there's stinky breath Mm -hmm. and there's kids to get ready Mm -hmm. for school Mm -hmm. and you know, I don't feel well mm-hmm. and he's running late for work yeah. um, or your back goes out oh. and you're calling, you know, help. Yeah. Uh, Hypothetically. Help, help, <laughs> speaking. Uh, you don't have those uh-uh. feelings. No. So you've got to have something underneath yes. that yeah. that sustains you yeah. through because when those feelings are gone, it's like, oh, we're not in love anymore. Divorce court. Well, and you then know? one of the things that I remember when we did uh, pre-marriage counseling Uh, someone had given us um, like a DVD or something of a panel of like, like a counselor and then like a pastor. And, and one of them was, I think a neuroscientist and they were talking about like the biology or the, the chemistry of love. Right. And like what happens in the brain. And I think uh, maybe serotonin or like one of those, uh, yeah, yeah. the different things that make you, what are those butterflies technically Mm -hmm. speaking? Right. And they said that science shows that when those chemicals start being released and you start getting attached, it only lasts like, I think between like a year and a year and a half, the brain like Mm -hmm. will not produce more of that. Right. Unless you start making a new attachment. Right. Hello. Trouble. Um, but you know, so God, and then you read in the old Testament and, and, um, with the Israelites, there was a law that basically like when you get married, you do not go to war for a year. And I thought to myself, like, oh, my gosh, yeah, like God made it so that as those chemicals are being released, you're attaching yourself to that partner wow. for a whole year, you know, and then like the, the it's the action of love. Mm-hmm. But um, isn't it cool when science and Bible oh, come together? I'm all about which, that. You know, all it happens about all that. the time. Yeah. Let me ask you a quick question, because yeah. you, you talked about pre-marriage counseling. Um Mm. Is that something you would advocate for and recommend for you know, uh, any couple getting married is to, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I'll, I'll, I'll answer that one. I, I would say yes, for sure, for everybody. I would even say if you're married and haven't sought out marital counseling or didn't have premarital counseling, um, I would highly recommend counseling uh, for anybody. Um, even if you're just looking to take your marriage from like, okay, or like pretty good to, to like even better, right. like even if you're not on the rocks, I mean, if you can find the time and afford it, like there's good resources online too, from counseling types of people, mm-hmm. even if you're not, um, meeting with a counselor directly, but, um, there's always more to learn. And, uh, of course, um, love is a little bit blind at first, you know, going into marriage, it's right. just kind of like stars and rainbows, you know, and then a a lot of realities hit you. I think for us, the biggest challenge was just, you come in with two different value systems and that's in every area of your life. Like our value for being on time. For me, it's a big deal for her. It's just, ah, whatever. And then there's this clash. There's this friction wherever there's these gaps in our value system. And so just learning how to navigate that stuff, work through some of that stuff ahead of time, Mm -hmm. respect and value each other and our different perspectives. And, and so I would say my one piece of advice would be to get marital counseling from um, a couple whose marriage you really respect. I think people default to their pastor. And mm-hmm. in many cases, that's a great option. But yeah. some cases some it's not, right. you know, yeah. and just just to be frank. And so mm-hmm. um, I would encourage you to get uh, marital counseling from a couple from a relationship you really yeah. admire. And one of the okay. things that I remember in our early years was that, again, I didn't really have a picture of like, what is a healthy, godly relationship supposed to look like? 
And again, I, I go back to, and I, I truly mean this, the community that we had was paramount to, you know, us even getting married. Like they, you know, they supported us, they counseled us, they, they walked with us, but, um, it's a, it's a certain kind of culture, right. Of, of what marriages look like generations, um, different views on, on, on things. And, and yet everybody takes it from a bi- biblical perspective, right? So they, they're saying this is biblical and I'm like, okay. And what I've learned over all the years that I've walked with the Lord is that he, there, there's so much grace for, for all of us. Mm-hmm. There are some of us that feel like, you know, um, it is blasphemous to fill in the blank right. and they, they will pull a scripture and mm-hmm. they'll say, this is, this is why, this is where you read that, you know? And then there's other people that are like, no, 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 this is blasphemous. And, and then we clash and we make our denominations and all sorts right. of things. And I, I just have come to find out that like what the Lord gives grace for is what the Lord gives grace for. Right. So like, right. I don't have to, I think what I was trying to do was instead of seeking God, I was seeking the culture I was in. Right. I was seeking um, to fit in with what I saw around me mm-hmm. and, um, and not, not even just what I saw, but like what I kind of like picked up in, mm-hmm. in my mind, I love Lucille Ball. Right. right. So I grew up like watching her and, um, Ricky and yeah. all the things. Right. <laughs> and I still love, I, I always think like, Oh, I was born in the wrong era, you know, but then again, with my skin color, I'm like, no, it's, no, it's nice. I, I'm <laughs> glad I'm now born during the civil rights era. Right. Uh, but you know, this idea of like, okay, I'm married and I'm going to be a good Christian wife. So I'm going to do the cooking. Mm-hmm. And he's going to come home from work and I'm going to have a, you know, meatloaf ready with mashed potatoes wow. and like, you know, and, and, good. I, <laughs> I know, right? and I thought all of that was not just the right thing to do, but the Christian thing to do. Yeah. And yeah, that whole Proverbs 31. Yes. Oh, yes. And I quickly discovered this is making me absolutely miserable. Mm-hmm. Now I thought it was my flesh. I thought shame on you. Like you need to mature in the Lord. And, but then there was a part and of me. And you'll love making meatloaf. And I will love making meatloaf. <laughs> and I was like, I, I seriously am so miserable. And I thought, I was like, God, for the rest of my life, like really, you know? And, uh, anyway, long story short with this, like the Lord basically talked to Brian. Well, I'll jump in here. Yeah, I'll, I'll say yeah. to summarize what she's saying, basically we came into our marriage with just sort of un- uh, subconscious expectations for our own roles and what that should look like. And I think we all kind of do that. We just, this is, this is what it looked like growing up and this is how it should be without really questioning it or examining it. And, um, and so some of those, uh, conclusions were wrong. And, and so in this particular case with cooking, it's kind of a, um, kind of a funny story. Um, but kind of cool. Um, some people might think I'm weird. That's okay. I don't mind. Um, but, uh, she hated cooking and I was just kind of like, you know, I it just wasn't, I guess that dialed in with that whole situation, but I was out at a ministry school in Austin. Um, we were visiting it cause we we're planning a, a, a ministry school in Beaumont. And so we we're just kind of uh, meeting with them over there and learning about what they're doing. And we just participated in a couple of their services. And so it was like a Sunday night thing. And it was like this kind of laid back worship time, dark room, everyone's spread out, a couple hundred people. And uh, I'm just in my own little space. And then one of the directors comes up to me and she's like, hey, can I pray for you? I'm like, bring it on. Like, I love that. Yeah, come on. 
And so she's praying for me and she, and as she's praying for me, she shared, she's like, I feel like the Lord is saying that he, um, I feel like the Lord might be saying that he wants to enjoy time with you through food or cooking. And I was just kind of like, that's pretty random. Like <laughs> that, it just came out of nowhere. I had no, you know, I think going in the night thinking like this, someone might give me a prophetic word about cooking. You know, it was just like, <laughs> just out of left field. But I, I knew the drill. I was like, oh, I'll write it down. I'll pray about it and just kind of test and see if it feels like it's from the Lord or not. Well, later that night, we're doing this thing where we're just, um, we're kind of in a prayer time. And I was just, uh, I was laying on the floor and, uh, you know, asking Jesus just to kind of show me um, whatever he wanted to show me. And as I was laying there, again, I wasn't thinking about what the lady prayed. I wasn't, you know, I wasn't looking, I wasn't trying to manufacture this. Sometimes you get a clue. It's the Lord when like, you totally don't expect it. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like, I did not manufacture this because I never would have thought of this. Um, anyways, but I just saw this vision, just kind of my, my thoughts where I saw um, this beautiful table, um, like, it, like on a balcony overlooking like the Mediterranean Sea, there's a white tablecloth and then piled on the table are all these beautiful hors d'oeuvres and just this amazing looking food. And I felt like Jesus was inviting me to sit down and spend time with him at the table. And, and then all of a sudden I'm thinking about this lady praying for me about like spending time with God through cooking. And I'm like, okay, now you've got my attention. And so I remember I left that night, uh, I, was, I was riding with my friend and I Googled on my phone, cheap gourmet recipes because <laughs> I was like broke. And I was like, I guess I need to figure out how to cook or something. Anyways, long story short, I mean, I guess long story, kind of not that short. Um, when I got back to Beaumont, I was like, I'm going to start trying to spend time with the Lord through cooking. And so I would just talk with the Holy Spirit while I cooked. And I would feel like he gave me like tips on my cooking. And again, for some people, that's going to sound really weird. That's going to mess with your theology, maybe. And that's okay. <laughs> like, I, I don't mind if you think I'm weird, but I really, um, I would feel like the Holy Spirit would tell me to like, do something and be like, oh no, like, this is going to ruin it. Like, this is just, I'm just making this up. I'm crazy. And then it'd be like the best dish we'd I ever had. I still remember the corn with like honey. Yeah. Yeah. Honey <laughs> and cilantro. Yeah. And ham. yeah. Cilantro. Oh. Yeah. And it's, ham. It's, it's just stuff good. where, just stuff where to, again, my limited knowledge of cooking, which was very limited, I thought it'd be terrible and then it'd be like amazing. So mm -hmm. again, it built my faith in just hearing his voice and small yeah. things. And then it built my faith because I was asking mm -hmm. him not to like, like, please get me out of cooking, right. but just like, God, give me the strength to be a good wife. Like, cause I, again, I was like, it has to be cooking. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. the only thing I thought. Mm -hmm. And I was a good cook. I am a good cook, but I don't enjoy it. Right. And, um, and then here he comes and, you know, with grocery bags, Hey babe, you mind if I cook tonight? I'm like, uh, praise the Lord. Yes. You know, <laughs> the and, Lord answered and he enjoys it. So I fell in love with he cooking. So it, it became this huge kind of shift for our marriage. Yeah. Like it was a burden off her shoulders. I was finding this cool, like time connection with God through and, cooking. And, and here's what's interesting. Had I stuck to this idea, this belief of, well, culture says, wow. well, these older ladies told me, da, 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 da. Mm -hmm. You know, some men think, you know, mm -hmm. woman's place in the kitchen, all that stuff. Had I believed that and said, well, this is what godliness looks like. I would not have been a good wife to my husband. Because the way the Lord wired him, 
He has the gift of hospitality. Absolutely. And he thrives in like, you know, it's his birthday and he's like, I want to have 20 people over and cook for them. I'm like, why don't we just order pizza? He's like, don't you ever speak those words again. (laughs) It would bring me more joy to cook. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah. And so I'll just, I'll give a plug for the Holy Spirit too, because um, he's so good at leading us. And, And obviously all revelation from the Holy Spirit is subject to scripture, but there's just some things that scripture isn't going to speak to you directly about. Yeah, like, you can't say Deuteronomy 4, Thou shalt says, cook thou and you're going to love yeah. it and you're going to, yeah. it's going to help your marriage. It's just, it's yeah. like those real dialed and specific things. I feel like that's where Holy Spirit can really speak to us and guide us. And it really brought a lot of, you know, I mean, that's just one of many yeah, examples of how thinking, he's that's just one of the tiny, helped our marriage. We, we watch a mm. uh, popular uh, religious program and it's funny that you were talking about uh, communing with the Lord through food and we have made comments more than once every scene these people are eating I mean <laughs> they're eating something all the time mm-hmm. and and so I think I think the Lord I mean talks about heaven and the table mm-hmm. you know yeah. every, he, he references food a lot so. he actually cooks for us I believe in Isaiah 26 I think it talks about how um, when he swallows up death, he'll prepare a feast on a mountain. It says the Lord will prepare a feast. Well, in oh, Psalms wow. 23, you prepare a table before me in the presence And it's like, of wow, house. like, yeah. yeah I, I, Cooking if, is if, a if thing. I, if I'm getting it right, like maybe we get to heaven, like God cooks a meal for us. Oh, and, yeah. Can you imagine what that's oh, going to taste like? Wow. wow. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> probably probably decent, yeah. That's so cool. So it's so neat to, to hear how... Even if y'all weren't communicating that to each other, mm. you had a cry out to the Lord. You know, mm-hmm. you're going to have to help me mm-hmm. if I'm going to have to do this for the next 75 years. Mm-hmm. And then yet, on the other hand, some lady randomly comes up to mm-hmm. Brian mm-hmm. and speaks your heart to his ears yeah. through yeah. through the Lord's, uh, you know, revelation. Yeah. So it's so cool that he sees the desires of her heart. He also sees the the hard part, the, the wrenching part that you, you know, I, I really don't like the cook. Mm-hmm. He, he just takes care of the details. Yeah. If you let him take care of the details. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Sometimes, for sure. sometimes it's like, God, I don't, I don't like this. Is this, and he's like, I'm growing you through this. Right. And then other times it's like, God, I don't like this. And he's like, I didn't build you for this. So yeah, that's why you don't like it. Like, yeah. you know, so Finally, you yeah. have, you're letting go of it. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And again, you know, clarifying for, anybody that's like nitpicking this conversation, but of course I cook, you know, <laughs> I do cook, but you know, the thing um, is, we're talking about the places that your spouse comes alive in. Yeah. Right. So we, if we box ourselves in and we think, well, the man should love sports. Okay, honey, go yeah, play sports, you know, pink jobs, you know, yeah, that's not which a I thing, do, which, yeah. which I think is a, the cry of a lot of our generations has been like, we don't always fit this in. You know, when we mm-hmm. hear marriage, uh, ser- sermons about marriage or whatever, I typically vibe with what they're talking about the guys, you know, yeah. the being more rough around the edges mm-hmm. and, um, hot. It was your phone this time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, learning to, to, to be more thoughtful about the person's heart and be careful of what words you use. I'm like, yeah, I need that. And it's like, you know, learning to speak up for yourself. Yeah. For me, growth areas are like being direct and, and yeah. speaking my mind and, yeah. you know, that kind of thing. He's a but, tender, tender heart. But yeah, 
but um, but yeah, so we've we've had we've had quite a journey. Should we uh, should we get into the need the needy? Let's unpack our luggage. Yes, I mean my uh, my well, tiny little carry on. Tiny little carry yeah. on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We kind of unpacked yours a little bit. Yet uh, last time mm-hmm. when you were talking about past relationships and yeah. you didn't have a, a, a godly mm-hmm. father in your mm-hmm. you know in your home, so you didn't yeah. know what a healthy relationship looked like. So mm-hmm. we unpacked a little bit mm-hmm. of yours. So let's get to, to Brian's dead yak. All right. Uh, it, it, uh, it's, it's ugly. It smells bad. But here's, here's why I like talking about baggage is because I know that what I've walked through and what God has done in my life uh, will speak to other people. Cause I know, you know, my struggles that I've had, um, and, you know, and there's struggles I still have, but, um, they're not unique to me. And so, um, yeah, my heart and just opening up and sharing is just, is just cause I, I know what God's done in me. He'll do in others. And so, yeah, for me, basically the, the biggest area of struggle was, um, started pretty young for me. Um, I just had some situations in my early upbringing, uh, that were pretty painful. There's just unresolved hurt and trauma. Um, and before I even knew what coping was or, you know, self-soothing was, um, I'd pretty quickly become addicted to pornography. Um, and it started out, uh, you know, with PG, PG 13 type of content, whatever I could get my hands on. And then friends introduced me to internet pornography and, uh, I just very quickly became addicted. And it's funny cause it's not funny, but back then I, I would have never admitted I was an addict. That word scared me. Sure. But the truth is if you do something, compulsively over and over against your judgment, against your better judgment, that's addiction. And, and I was very much addicted and it probably reached its, um, worst point, uh, around my sophomore year of college. I'd say that's when I was like, just kind of feeling bound by it the most. And, um, uh, I struggled with that addiction for, I ended up struggling from, from when it started for about 17 years, um, on and off. And, um, uh, I, uh, you know, for anybody listening that relates to that struggle, I'll say right off the bat, it doesn't have to take you or your loved one that long to get free. Um, there were things I could have done to get free faster. And so, um, I've had the opportunity now I'm, I'm, I'm going on almost, uh, three years sober and free from, uh, pornography. So I'm very grateful to that. Life has never been better. Um, and, and I've had the opportunity over the last couple of years to, um, just have men that I'm connected with, uh, that are struggling with, uh, with that, with that same struggle. And, and I love getting to just share and just encourage and be there for them. Cause it's, it, addiction's really it's straight from hell. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's awful. And, and, um, I would say probably one of the first, the first turning points for me was just coming out in the light about it. And, mm-hmm. and for me, that was going to my pastor at the time. And, you know, when you haven't shared a struggle like that with anybody, it can feel kind of terrifying because sure. you think you might be rejected. And even now talking about it, I feel a little, just kind of like, uh, <laughs> just like, uh, like there's this, there's a certain painful, like, aspect to it, but it's just, you know, um, anyways, but that was, that was a great first step was talking to a trusted leader and just saying, Hey, this is what's going on. And we talked about it and I I took some steps to kind of limit access and that was good. Um, 
it, it would end up being a much longer journey than that. Unfortunately, um, a journey that carried into our marriage. In this three-part series on addiction, we just let Joe and Brian talk. This episode ends abruptly because every word he says is important and timely, so we didn't edit anything. Next episode, they will talk more deeply and intimately of how addiction is a struggle for both partners. Please share this episode with everyone. It is Brian and Joe's prayer that through their testimony, others tormented by addiction can know there is a way out and a way to be free. I'm so proud of the courage it took them to speak freely of such a painful subject. I'm really glad you joined me for today's episode. If you heard something that spoke to you, please take a second and share this podcast across the social media platforms. Follow me on Instagram and Facebook at JJ Life on Purpose so we can stay connected. Until next time, remember, you always have a choice, so choose joy. Joy.